You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. In 2 Thessalonians 1, the Apostle Paul had mentioned the great love and perseverance and faith of the brethren verse 4, in the midst of persecutions and afflictions that they were having to endure. Well, the Apostle Paul is now going to talk about, with uh, more directness and clarity, about the coming judgment of God and its effect on unbelievers. Uh, He'll mention believers as well. But its effect on unbelievers, in any place I can think of, maybe more... uh, or uh, other than maybe Romans 1. Uh, so the book of Revelation will be on this topic sort of writ large, uh, but there's not any one summary encapsulation of things uh, quite like this here in Second Thessalonians 1, and maybe even Romans 1, while it's certainly more all-encompassing about judgment and the reason for judgment, it's also a bit more spread out. So we really have a boiled-down uh, uh, tight, tightly knit, short-made argument here about God's judgment coming. So verse 5, again, thinking of the Christians, the family of God, the redeemed of God, those who are being afflicted simply because they accepted in faith what God wanted them to, which Jesus is the Messiah. And so they were made to endure persecution and affliction. So verse 5, this is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment. A plain indication, the King James would say more poetically, but maybe not more clearly, a manifest token. So it's a clear sign, it's a plain indication of God's righteous judgment. And that's one thing to always keep in mind about judgments of God. They are righteous judgments from a holy and righteous God. So that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which indeed you're suffering. And so these persecutions are clearly showing right and wrong. You have chosen right, and you are suffering in a worthy manner for God's kingdom. Uh, The Apostle Paul would tell us that all who wish to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 3.12 Peter would say, don't be surprised at the fiery trial among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though something strange were happening. Because to the degree you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing that the revelation of his glory you may, be, you may rejoice in exaltation. And so these folks, it's clear, are on the Lord's side. So one of the things that we sometimes wonder about and question is, is uh, the idea of assurance. How do we know we're on the right side? How do we know we're on the Lord's side? Here is a, Paul says, plain indication It's a manifest token. If the devil and these people who are the devil's minions are against you, that's that's a sure sign here you're with God. For after all, verse 6, it's only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Now, here is something that a lot of people today would blanch at a little bit, this cosmic consequence. You mean God is going to afflict people? Yeah, those who afflict his people. 
What was it that Jesus said to Saul on the road to Damascus? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting those people I like? Why are you persecuting me? You're persecuting my bride. You're persecuting my church. So persecution is not something that God watches in a dispassionate, in a disinterested fashion, going, oh, I wonder how that will turn out. Or, oh, well, that seems a bit uh, bad luck for them. Uh, Hopefully in the future, it'll be better. No. God will repay. And actually, we need to know that God will repay. It's on this that some Christian instruction is, is given, that we don't pay back evil for evil for anyone. And we don't take our own revenge. That's Romans 12. Because why? God is a God of vengeance. And we leave room for the wrath of God. And so that's one reason why we can peacefully endure these things, knowing that what needs to be set right within them will be set right. And so when he does this, when he afflicts those who afflict you, it says, verse 7, he will give relief to you who are afflicted. And so when there's affliction and there's oppression, there needs to be relief from that. There needs to be some recompense of that. There needs to be some setting that right. And a common way for God to do that is to afflict those who afflict. If they afflict the church, what should they expect? Now, on occasion, there's other ways to lift the affliction, and there's other ways to give relief. We mentioned a while ago the uh, conversion of Saul the persecutor. When he was converted from his persecution to become an apostle of Christ, it accomplished what God wanted. It relieved the affliction and it gave relief. And he actually became an instrument of God to give relief to brethren, didn't he? And so that's one reason why we don't take our own revenge. That's one reason why we wait for God to uh, make the punishments. What if some well-meaning Christian, as he saw the persecutor come straight from the temple with his writs of of arrest and, and uh, permission to, uh, to use extreme measures uh, to get Christians to uh, recant? What if some well-meaning Christian had taken a rock to the side of Saul the persecutor? Oh, well, that wouldn't have worked out so well, would it? And, and, and then you would have explained to him, no, no, please, God had a plan. In 18 months, this guy was going to become an apostle. Oh, really? I would have never thought. No, you wouldn't. So we leave room for God's work. We leave room for God's plan. And I just imagine the irony here of Paul. Paul, the former persecutor, saying, it's only right for God to afflict them who afflict you. Knowing that a few years before, he was doing that very thing, knowing that he would have been the one under that sentence. But in his case, God showed mercy, and the relief, the relieving of the affliction, was done through more gracious means. So we don't know by what means God will do these things, but we do know that ultimately, this is one that he, he, he uses. He will afflict them, and less like Paul, they repent. He will, verse 7, he will give relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. And so that band of angels that, uh, you know, we, we sing to him, now he could have called 10,000 angels, and he could have saved himself, but he didn't. But, you know, that doesn't mean that those 10,000 angels are just never going to be used for nothing. Those, those angels are going to show up, and they're going to come with flaming fire. And you can be on their side, or 
you can be on the side of the afflictors. And so the Apostle Paul says, God will take care of this in due time. And those persecutions and afflictions you are enduring, know that those will be relieved. Know that those afflictions will in some way be recompensed. And so to the degree that we suffer in any way, as a Christian, we know it'll be worth it. We know that God will set it right, either by a forgiveness and a reconciliation or by a retribution. But that's not our side to decide how, when, and why. It's for us to be faithful, to endure, to be sound in our conviction of Christ and suffer if we are called for that. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.